0: This podcast, Cutting Room Combos, may not be suitable for younger listeners. In addition to a language advisory, this episode brings up sex, drugs, and conversations of violence. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Welcome back to Cutting Room Combos. I'm Yasmin, and I would love to add Annabelle to my creepy doll collection. I'm Jenny, and
0: you can't catch me thinking about Bloody Mary in the bathroom.
2: I'm Jossie, and I watch horror movies to go to sleep.
1: Hey!
0: <laughs> Welcome our
1: new guest, Jossie! <laughs> My sister, another horror movie fan like me. So we decided to have a little overview of all of the Scream movies, and uh, Jossie is here to just let us know anything that we might have missed and get to talk about our favorite parts throughout all four films. And then we get to see what comes next in Scream 5, or titled Scream. Which yeah. is going to be very interesting, but we will get to that in a minute. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your horror movie... I don't the journey. Yeah. The journey. Okay, well, I started watching horror movies when
2: I was like, like 12. I was such a wuss before that. I was so scared. But I started watching them and then I fell in love. And it's because of my older sister over here. And I couldn't stop ever since. So now I get a little too obsessed and do too much research. And I actually look like a psychopath. But I promise you that I'm not. <laughs> so
1: yeah no, nah, she's harmless I can be <laughs> <laughs> okay so for the Scream movies I guess well I'd like to talk about who we thought was the best killer of all of them so we can go over them Scream 1 it was the team of Billy Loomis and Stu Mocker Scream 2 it was Mil- Mickey Altieri I'm hoping I pronounced that right and Mrs. Loomis, uh, Billy Loomis's mother And then the third movie, it was one killer, Roman Bridger. And then the fourth movie goes back to the team of two killers, Jill Roberts and Charlie Walker. I guess I'll just start out and say that I think the best killer out of all of them would be Billy Loomis. Uh, Not just because he was the original, but um, the kills were the most creative, and I do think that he was the mastermind behind the team between him and Stu. But also because it was the original. I
0: know how much you have like a heart for the original.
1: <laughs> Don't fuck with the original. That's there you go. Say. Well, there again. you go. Start swearing. Ching. There. <laughs> there you go. Five dollars <laughs> in the swear jar. I mean, that's my bit. I do you guys agree? Do you think someone is better? I think I have to disagree. Yes. Okay. And I want to say. Oh, God.
2: I have to say it might be Mrs. Loomis. Just hear me out. Ooh. Just hear me Why? out. Okay? Ew. I know. Why? I know. But when you think about it, bitch was under the radar for so <laughs> fucking long. Oh, okay. okay. She That's was true. under the radar. She came out and we were like, who is this bitch? Nobody even... We thought she was some obsessive reporter thinking that, you know, we thought she was going to fall in love with Gail Weathers. You're but really? no, it turns out that it's mama bear coming for revenge, you know? Like, you just yeah. didn't expect it. But then when you low-key think about it, it's like, wait a minute. That's true. Okay, she's the one that flew out under the radar throughout the whole movie. Because yeah. Billy, Billy Loomis and Stu, love them, comedic geniuses, love it. I love Stu. Like, I I love <laughs> <laughs> Stu. I have my, one of my favorite lines is from that man in the first movie. <laughs> I love him. But Wait, he, what line? Um... You hit me with the phone, you dick! <laughs> that one, I love that one. Or, or, my mom's gonna be so mad at me! Oh my you God. know, I love those. They're, like, so funny. Oh, yes. You know, but, I mean, at some point throughout the movies, you always think, like, oh, I think Billy's the killer. Oh, I think maybe it could be Stu. It could be Stu. And even in the second one, they give away Mickey's, you know, um... Motive, I guess, or like when Mickey like whispered something to Sid in the hospital, they were like, it was like, dun dun, you know, but then they (laughs) never spoke about it again, and then he was the killer, and we were like, wait, we kind of knew that already, like he kind of already let that out, so that's why I was kind of like, eh, Roman, I think the third movie was such a stretch, I think they just were trying to get something going there, so I have to say, Mrs. Loomis really did a good job at going under the radar, changing her name, changing her look. She did not look the same. Even Sid says that in the second movie. Yeah. So I have to say she was the best killer, but my favorite would have to be Stu. I think he was just really funny.
1: Did you think that Mrs. Loomis was a horror movie fan like no. Billy was? No. No. Do you think she watched any movies, like Billy did, to study?
2: No, I think she was just a regular female. Mm -hmm. And you know us females can become FBI agents without any Mm -hmm. sort of degree. So I think that (laughs) she just had motive. I mean, she had... What, like a drive? Yeah, like a drive. She had something that really did make her want to get this revenge and it was her son. You can't fuck with somebody's kids. You just can't, Mm. you
0: know? Like you called her mama bear
2: in the beginning, literally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what happened. It turned her psychotic, but it's because not only did her son die, she feels guilty that she left her son, so she feels some sort of responsibility for it. So Mm. she's gonna go off and finish what her son started. But when I also think about it, you brought up a good point on how Billy was a horror movie fan. I don't think he was that much of a horror movie fan. I think it started because he knew he was gonna start killing. It was more yeah. research than yeah, rather than, than him attic. being a fan of the horror movies. You know, like we're mm-hmm. all fans here, yeah. but <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna go, go out to the next door neighbor and start slashing throats. You know what I mean? That that's not what we're gonna do. We just love you know the, the movies and we love the plots. So it's, it's always something so different. I think mm. Billy was doing it for research purposes alone.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. And then. Jenny, did you think anybody? Well, I mean, you know how I'm, like, kind of new
0: to this? And also, I don't remember names for shit. <laughs> but I can't, I can't tell you who the best, but we all know that the worst was probably Roman. And, and you yes. mentioned how it was, like, such a stretch. And that movie, in general, had so many characters that, like, in the beginning, it was so hard to keep track of. And it's like there's double characters. characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? One thing about that movie, though, that I think I mentioned to you was um, Gail and then her actress. Oh, uh... uh Jennifer. Jennifer. Yeah, Gail and Jennifer at the end of the hallway, like the twins. Oh my from god! From that one movie. Mm, oh, <laughs> the, Shining. the Shining. Yeah, the yeah. Shining. Yes, but yeah, definitely Roman was kind of a stretch. That movie in general was, no offense.
2: <laughs> no offense if you <laughs> like the movie, no but offense. if you
1: like the movie, then you're not a true horror movie fan. So we need to so get get on that. It felt like really disconnected. Probably even more than Scream Four, in my opinion, because Scream Four at least they tried, you know, with bringing Sydney back, focusing her back into Woodsboro, and not doing that far-fetched Hollywood crap that they yeah. did in the last movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I can agree definitely that Roman Bridger wasn't the best killer, and, and especially since they suddenly made him the half-brother. That just
2: yeah not
0: like, sense. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> um, one thing I, I want to mention that like, I don't know when these movies came out in what order, like how many years apart,
1: mm-hmm.
0: But but maybe it feels like the first one, the second one, Fine. The third one was, like, we have to keep it going, but we're burnt out on storylines. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're doing this for, like, a stretch. And then, when
1: did the fourth one come out? Uh, ten years after... It's it supposed to be ten years after the film. Um, or after the third film, I should say. Yeah,
0: and, and by that time, I think we mentioned in our last podcast episode that, like, the horror movie scene changed. You know how, like, we go through phases? Like, we are in a vampire phase, and then everyone loves fucking werewolves and zombies. <laughs> but, like, but the... The gore was the big thing for 4. Yes. So it gave them like a fresh perspective. Because you can only recycle the same kind of movie without adding anything fresh and new. So mm-hmm.
2: so the first one came out in 96. Yeah. And the second one came out in 97. And you can tell that the storylines and the actual movie is stronger. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the plot is just so much stronger. It's just built better. And then the mm-hmm. third one came out in 2000. Yeah, 2000. Yeah. So I think going, letting three years go by, they were just kind of like, why not? It's, yeah. Let's just add it. Let's make it a trilogy. Yeah. And then they tried it. They, tr- I mean, I'll, I'll give it to them. I'll give them some sort of props. They tried.
1: They yeah. tried because
2: they did bring Randy. They did the, the VHS thing, which I thought was really clever. Yeah. You I know, did like that. I did like that, but you could tell that they are just reaching it and reaching. It felt like a choose your own adventure book. Yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly like where will we go next and you then, don't know and i don't
2: know <laughs> and then mcdreamy being the the detective i'm sorry like it just, that
1: <laughs> i don't know about all that it's like they were sort of trying to have a a new love interest for sydney but like sydney was not having it i guess and it, it was just like oh okay well we'll we'll just leave some tension there that's and I it out there. for that
0: I wonder how that off-screen, te- like off-screen chemistry was too, because I didn't feel it on screen at all.
1: Right, there wasn't anything. Well, the thing with that and
2: what they did not think about clearly is that Sid has been killed. Has been trying, like people have been trying to kill this woman mm-hmm. since she was in high school. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think she wants to be in love with anybody? No. no her, The first person that tried to kill her was her boyfriend. and that was like probably her first boyfriend, wasn't it? I guess. I mean, I'm sorry. If my fiance tried to kill me, I'm not go I'm not falling in love with anybody else in my life. Everybody else can go fuck themselves. I'm sorry. So Seriously. they shouldn't have done that. Yeah. I mean even in the fourth one, she was she didn't have anybody. and she she didn't need anybody Homegirl is, is a strong, independent <laughs> woman. She is one of the best victims Ugh. in any horror movie franchise. Yes, I speak agree. the truth. So, no,
1: she is the spitting image of, I don't need a man. Right. They, they tried, like, too hard to, like, sensi- sensitize? Is that the right word? Sensitize or, or humanize yeah, her? Yeah, humanize her. You know, like, you know, oh, you know, she's still a woman. She, she still needs to feel loved. And, and it's, That's not always necessarily the case in these types of movies.
2: Which brings me back to what I said to you guys before about the superhuman aspect. Yeah, seriously. Mm. You literally just said they couldn't humanize her. Why? The superhuman aspect. (laughs) I mean, come on. I mean, What you guys said in your last episode in terms of the survivors being the superhumans is Mm -hmm. so clever. But then when you think about it deeper, I think it's just Sid. I think Sid is the superhuman survivor
1: throughout the whole... Franchise, yeah, yeah, because I think when it comes to like other survivors being superhuman, it's just a matter of physicality, mm-hmm. and for Sydney, it goes beyond that. And I, at least that part, you know, that character was portrayed really well. Yeah, in my opinion,
2: I think they've Neve Neve Nev Nev Neve. One of the two. I don't know. I
1: always say Neve Campbell. I always
2: say Neve, but some, something's telling me it's Nev. Oh gosh. Nevea. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> we are sorry, Miss Campbell. Miss Campbell. Campbell. <laughs> yes, go. Miss
2: Campbell. Yes. Miss Campbell is one bad bitch. I'm sorry. Yes. In any movie, even out of the Scream movies, if I see that she is in a movie, I want to watch it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Be, even I think she was in a movie. She was in a, 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 the movie with the ro- the Rock, I think.
1: Yes. Was it was it was Earthquake? I, I thought it was no. Battle of Los Angeles. Oh, probably that. I have not seen it. It's there's been a lot of
2: LA movies that
1: the, you know the world is ending. Yeah, so seriously. that one, the rock has been particularly. The, the one with
2: the the one with the rock. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you see that movie and it's like she went it's crazy when I see when I see movies and they start off as kids and then you see the, them progress as actress as an actress or an actor mm-hmm. and they end up as parents. I always find that like mind-boggling for some yeah, reason same. because it's like girl you just tried you just killed five motherfuckers in your last franchise now you're a mother <laughs> now you're now you're a mama
1: bear all right, right. So then trying to live a quiet life uh-huh, <laughs> that's what i
2: saying. so i think she's she is definitely one of the best best victims best actresses out there
1: She's even badass in The Lion King too, man. She, <laughs> She's in The Lion King too. Yeah, she plays Simba's daughter.
2: You oh. really went from
1: <laughs> from Sidney Prescott to an animated lion. <laughs> hey, she, she played that off well. And, okay, maybe she had a love interest, but she was still badass, okay? Oh you can't God. take that away from her. That's all I'm saying. It's, okay, I have a question then.
0: Because, okay, when you hire The Rock for a movie, you're hiring The Rock. No matter mm-hmm. what movie you look at, The Rock <laughs> is the fucking Rock.
2: The, the Dwayne Johnson, the Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, that's who you're hiring. You know, that's the kind of character you want. So is is uh, Nev Nev? Is she is she the same? Because I haven't seen any of her other movies. So like, does she have the same like mannerisms? The same like? Are you seeing Sydney Prescott in these other movies? Oh, that's a good
1: question.
2: Mm, that is a very good question. I mean, in terms of what you were saying before, how it's The Rock. Yeah. And, Unfortunately, people don't look at her the same as they look at, like, The Rock or um, other big actors. Like, like, Oscar nominated. Yeah, Jason Statham. Oh, or, yeah. You know, like, all of the big actors and actresses that are out there. Um, the, the bitch from Mean Girls. Uh, oh, Rachel, Rachel McAdams. McAdams. Yeah, she's another yeah. one that you look at and you're like, I want to watch her. You know, <laughs> so unfortunately, she's not one of them, and I hate that because I think she totally deserves it. She totally fucking deserves mm. that.
1: She's like um, the characters in Harry Potter. They're known as their characters more than their actual selves.
2: Oh yeah. the mm. oh, uh, Harry Potter is a completely different, a completely different thing because that they, went on
1: for years. Yeah, like... they
2: can't. They cannot go into another franchise without being looked at as yeah. Hermione Granger.
1: Yeah. Or, you know, Ron.
2: I don't know what the fuck he's in. I don't think he's been in anything else. <laughs>
1: well, he was supposedly in a show on Crackle, and before that, he bought an ice cream truck with like all his earnings from the films, and like he was just giving away free ice cream. That—that's what I heard.
0: I mean, is yeah. that why Daniel Radcliffe like immediately after just went on some? What is it? Wasn't he on like stage play he went, stage? Like, uh, Broadway, didn't? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Went butt ass naked on stage. Oh yeah, like, that's what me. we love to see
2: Harry Potter as. We love to see Harry Potter naked. No, I want to see you with a wand, motherfucker. Well, yes. I mean,
1: <laughs> <laughs> stupid. stupid. Oh my god. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. We may have gotten a little loud there. <laughs> Oops. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. We get too excited. Um. So let's uh kind of reel it back to uh, the scream movies. Um, so we want to talk about like the best kill scenes throughout all four of the Scream films. And... Oh, I got think. Oh boy. <laughs> I have a terrible ass memory. No. <laughs> no, I had, I had to overview all the movies in my head to remember. Um, I think one of the best ones to me in terms of emotion oh my God, I'm and perspective <laughs> of the victim was the first one in the first scream movie
2: okay no that's okay right. okay <laughs>
1: um <laughs> yes i think that was the best kill scene because drew barrymore man she deserves way more credit the queen she like honestly i think that was the only scary movie that i have seen her in that she played this victim so good like she played it as if like any of the viewers mm-hmm. was was in that situation how would they act they would be shaking, crying, tears streaming, grabbing a knife, holding onto whatever they were holding for dear life, you know, in a panic. And most of the victims in other kill scenes throughout later movies, they're just like, "Oh no, no, get away, no!" That's all they can say. They're they're just like swatting around as if they're swatting a fly away. That that's not what you would do. Like you, mm-hmm. you're scared for your life, and she. Brought that emotion out so well, especially when the parents came in and oh, that was heartbreaking. Oh, oh my god, was oh, like, like being dragged away. Yes, and like she saw, she was right there when the parents were walking in. She tried calling for her mom, but her throat was like closed up because you know she was just he being broke. Shocked.
2: He broke her. I think trachea. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, no, not not the trachea. I think I'm being stupid. Oh no, <laughs> whatever the
1: voice box. is. Yeah, like, he, he, he well, just yeah. closed up her throat real good. He broke something in the throat yeah. that she could not speak. Yes. Basically, yeah. And, like, the fact that that was taken away from her, she was that close to being saved, and then, boom, the killer just, like, you know, recovers or whatever and then stabs her. And and then, like, when the parents, they, they see, you know, her body hanging from a tree and the mother is screaming on the top of her lungs, like, screaming the life out of her. It's just, whoa, it... It is intense. It send, yeah, it
2: sends chills down your spine. Seriously. It, Especially being the first movie and the first kill. Oh. They started off really strong.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. And I think no other kill out of all of those movies really topped that, at least in terms of the emotion of the it all. The
2: emotion. I can, yes, I can definitely agree with that. And the thing with Drew Barrymore, just to go back, like thank you for mentioning that, because <laughs> she's, another, she's another actress that yeah. Drew Barrymore... Is Drew Barrymore like you? She's in a movie. She's the first victim killed. How the fuck is she on the cover of the fucking box? Yes. Of the, of the DVD box. Seriously. Or if it, when it was on Netflix, how is she one of the main faces up there? Because yes. it's Drew Barrymore. You know, it's it's the Drew mm-hmm. Barrymore. So I think that that's actually really really interesting because that that bitch can act, man. She's so yeah. good.
1: She's, she's so good,
2: especially starting off so young and then going through what she had to go through in life and you know she she went through some tough stuff some tough stuff being a young a young actress in the film industry you know especially at that time way back not way back she's not old but like <laughs> no, no. back <laughs> just, when she was a child back when she was a, back when she was a kid you know the fire is is, isn't that one of her movies Firestarter, and but. et et that know?
0: one i seen oh my god she's an et yeah, yeah. she's the little girl no in et way. yeah i, I can awesome. totally see it now
1: mm-hmm. yeah is et a horror movie no, 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 it's sci-fi. Hard, hardly. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a def- children's movie. It's definitely sci-fi. <laughs> hey, it scared me as a children. Okay. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, with that little alien, it, with how he looked it, and how he sounded. It you really gonna tell me that that motherfucker wasn't cute. Uh,
0: no, what are you, fucking looking at Baby Yoda? The E.T. is
1: one cute motherfucker, I swear to God. <laughs> I mean, the only time I found him cute was when they disguised him as a ghost for Halloween. And he sees an alien, he's like, whom, home. I love it when he goes, Elliot. I love that. I think it's so cute. He's so cute. It, it was also pretty cool when they had—I don't know if they still have it—the the ride, the E.T. ride at oh, Universal that was, Studios. That was a good ride. You had to like type in your name or whatever before you go on the ride, oh, and then say your name? It, yeah, in the end, you you see them, and he says, "Thank you, Yasmin, Jazzy," and you know, like it just—I was just like, "Oh my God!" That's crazy. <laughs> oh, Jenny. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> Drew Barrymore.
0: She's a Charlie's angel, right?
2: Yes, another one, baddie. Like yeah. she's a baddie, so was my favorite. For, so for her to be that good and and be the first one to die, yet still be promoted in yeah. the movie, like I well, think there was it's so really much good. emotion in just that first scene.
0: It was so drawn out, and you saw her going from like, yeah, let me flirt with this guy because I'm bored, to like, this is fucking terrifying. To now I'm fearing for my life. Like mm-hmm. that whole transition, it just flawless.
2: Yeah, Ooh, yes. I mean, you can see the, the, you can see and hear. The terror, yeah, you know, when she goes, he's big and he plays football and he'll kick the shit out of you. I love that part you know, so I much. I love that part so much because it's like I can put myself in her situation and I'd be flipping fuck. I would be <laughs> fucking terrified. I don't mm-hmm. know what I would do, especially being in butt fuck nowhere where there's just corn surrounding her house. You know, like where where can she go?
1: And not to mention that like she, you know, she wasn't. You know, I mentioned that self-awareness of the characters in Scream 4 about how they're like, oh, well, we shouldn't do this because we'll die. They overthink it. Right, and Drew Barrymore, her character, she wasn't particularly thinking like, oh, I I can't do this or this killer will come after me, you know, from my left side. Mm -hmm. She was just thinking, oh my God, I'm scared for my life. What the hell am I going to do? And that's naturally what anybody else would think.
2: Especially being you know, a victim and not have any clue why. Like, this, the, it was the first kill. She had no fucking idea. She didn't know what was going on. She thought mm-hmm. she was going to just sit at home, watch a film with her boyfriend and have a good night. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, she gets a call and then she didn't know her life was going to end and she didn't understand what was going on. So, yeah. of course, she's just going to be like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. Like, I'm, I could fucking die today. Yeah. Today could be my last fucking day. So you can hear the terror in her voice, and she did it so good.
1: Yeah. She was amazing. So
2: good. So I definitely agree with you that that was probably one of the best kill scenes.
1: Oh, yes. I definitely agree. Now, what was yours since it was one? I was one. thinking
2: just because it was kind of different is Cece in the second movie when she gets thrown off the balcony. Oh. Because it was different. It was
1: different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he or he or she, whoever it was that did it, stabbed, like, what, twice in the back, mm-hmm. and then just threw Ye- her over. Oh, you know what? Scratch mm. that. That's no, okay. not the best. No.
2: It's Tatum. That was the other one I was it's gonna Tatum. say. Tatum, and that just clicked, because I was thinking of different. Yes. It was Tatum with the garage, because every oh. time I watch it, till this day, I ask the same question. Can a
1: garage really do that? <laughs> can, a, can a garage do that? Yeah, you know, honestly. Can, can, can it actually like lift somebody up or would it just break, you know? I want to think back then they probably didn't have that center. Like, hey, so, there's a person here or there's something here obstructing... So
2: the... it would just
1: keep going. Yeah. I, that's what I think, because like probably after movies like this, they're like, okay, maybe we should like update our... Safety features. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, yes. <laughs> but I do agree. do try this at home. <laughs> I do agree. That is another best kill that I liked too because that was a huge moment of intensity for me. Like, okay, so, you know, Scream 1 was the first horror movie that I've seen. First scary movie I saw, like, at the age of seven. So imagine me, seven-year-old me, first time seeing this girl trying to escape through the little uh, hatch in the garage door. And the garage is lifting her up. She's getting closer and closer to the top and about to get squished. I'm just like, look, my heart is hammering. I'm like heavy breathing. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's not going to make it. <laughs> and I'm like covering my face. It is just, and it's still like an intense moment for me still watching it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I love it. It's, yeah, it is a really good scene. Oh. I, think, I think when it comes to Scream, it, a lot of people don't watch it because they think, oh, it's not a scary movie. Yeah. And... It's not a, it's not a scary movie in the sense where the pop up scares would make you jump out of your seat yeah, or right. you know Michael Myers is chasing them how is he walking so fast <laughs> you know or oh my god they're falling asleep when when is Friday going to come you know like it's nothing like that it's more of putting you in a mindset where you are thinking holy shit what if this happened to me
1: yeah,
2: yeah. putting you in a mindset of because Scream was loosely based on a true story. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 When I dove into research because I'm crazy like that, is, <laughs> I did find out that it is loosely based on a true story. Whoa. So it could happen to anyone. Yeah. You're sitting at home, you get a call, oh and it's a random person just trying to have a conversation, and next thing you know, your throat is slashed, you know? <sighs> so I think when you think of it in that aspect and you actually put yourself... In the situation and you're in a small town and there's murders going on and you don't know what to do and you think it's a joke until it happens to you and then that's when you have that terror because how many times did they have parties and they were like, ah, oh, we don't have to go to school, you know, yeah. and like, oh, I have to go to school, but I could fucking die. So right. They, but the kids don't care. Kids don't care like that. But when you put yourself in a situation, it's like,
1: holy f- fuck, wait. <laughs> Hold yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> okay, this is actually kind of creepy. Was there a kill that caught your eye, Jenny? I don't remember remember. shit.
0: (laughs) Um, hold on, let me think. You know what I think was overkill?
2: Oh.
0: Overkill was her boyfriend dying in the second movie. Uh, How he was on the fucking
1: lower down prop. Oh. With the, like, coming from the sky. Mm And he gets uh, shot. Derek. Yeah, that... uh, It was overly dramatic, but I, I think that was, like, part of Mickey's, like... MO or whatever. And there whatever. was symbolism
0: in that. Never mind. Scratch that. Is, if we want to talk about fucking overkill, we talk about Jill throwing herself against the fucking picture frame.
2: <laughs> that bitch is concussed. <laughs> she she is concussed. She, I know that girl has migraines now. I she's know she up. has back problems. She probably broke her tailbone. and I don't know how the oh. fuck she was walking. On top of that, she's walking in heels. I know the the ankle is fucking shattered. Ooh, right. Like, I know she has a bald spot in the back of her head too. <laughs>
1: She got the look of a psycho now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so,
2: I think that that girl was a little bit too extra.
1: Yeah. yeah. It, it's hard for like the other um, Scream movies to top the kills from the first one because, correct me if I'm wrong, for the most part, all it is is just stab, stab, stab. But like, I mean, I know that's the whole point of Ghostface and like what he does and his weapon and all. But I mean, they were kind of losing I guess, like, their creativity when creating the further movies, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So, I, I think, honestly, any of the best kill scenes were just in the first one.
2: I think, I agree, but I also think that they did try to get a little bit more creative as the movies did go on. Yeah. I can't agree with that, because, I mean, the first one was mostly stab, stab, stab. Yeah. And yeah. garage. And garage. <laughs> you know, but... In the second one, they brought a gun into it. And then the third one, they had fucking, you know, the mini gun in her ankle. And oh, yeah. you know, they had all these guns and and, and different and different things. And I think that, that they were really trying to to go or when fucking um because in the second one, when Mickey shot Derek, he shot him in the heart. And they were oh, yeah. always shooting in the chest. And any time that they did use a gun, it was always a headshot. So I think that. And the third one, what they did was brought both of those movies together at the end when Dewey was shooting, 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 shooting at the, at the chest. <laughs> yeah. And what, like, what they did with Mickey, because that's how they did it with Mickey and how they did it with Derek. And then oh. um, Sid kept screaming, head, hey. head. And then they finally shoot him in the head. And it's like the first and second movie when Sid kills Billy and his mother, which is oh. such a symbolic moment
1: poetic. <laughs> such
2: a symbolic moment when she killed both of them. The father's on the next on the next list. So
1: if, if he is like somehow in the fifth movie, I'd be like, um, okay, I'm turning it is- off. That is, that is an over just, You're just turning off the theater. You're I'm gonna get turning off. It off.
2: I am turning it off. I am jumping to the
1: projector and putting a, a Everyone fucking, go home. It's yeah, over. it's over. Fuck oh, this movie. Walk out, return the popcorn, <laughs> get your money back, you know. in, like... <laughs> you, you know, I don't care just how much I Just chuck it. I don't, don't want this shit. <laughs> Give me my fucking money.
2: That movie
1: was terrible. Mm-hmm. So was the popcorn. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But can I just say, in the third movie... When Sydney was screaming at Dewey, head, head, you know, and all that chaos, you know, Roman is trying to run at them and keeps getting pushed back by each bullet that he gets hit with. But like, he's not getting pushed back that much. And like, and there, it feels like a really long time that like Sydney keeps saying, head, shoot him in the head. And he's like, what? Dewey's like, what? Oh, okay shoot. Yeah. Like, what, was he, was Roman running in place that whole time? Like, I'm pretty sure he could have, like, jumped on top of Dewey in that whole time. Don't, like, ballistic vests, like, they protect you from the bullet itself, but the
0: impact, won't it, like, break your ribs and, like, it's still, you can still, still bruise a, you. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, like,
2: I've never been shot before, but I'm so pretty fun. sure <laughs> that if you have a bulletproof vest on and you get shot, you still get, like, blown back to the floor. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, I don't remember what gun he used either, so it I was, think the yeah. impact might go down with, depending on the gun. I don't know if anybody's ever been mm-hmm. shot before, and you know this, hit one of us up. Yeah, seriously, because <laughs> <laughs> that was. I mean, it could you, you could say that was another superhuman aspect mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. a killer.
0: That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Science so. equal yeah. and opposite
2: force. <laughs> Bill Nye, hit us up. Yeah. So if if that
1: was. Correct, or it was just one of the movie things. There's probably a Mythbusters on this. Yeah, right. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then, Jenny, you have something to mention about mommy issues? Well, yeah,
0: every single movie. I think every single movie, they had mommy issues. I could definitely see that. Every with... killer did. And, I mean, including our main victim, Sydney, she also has mommy issues. And it's oh. brought to light in the... What movie is it that she, like, sees her dead mom?
1: Oh, the third one? The yeah. Third one. And she had, like, PTSD. Yeah, that that definitely makes sense then.
2: And I'm, that's what people get, like are confused about. I think a lot of the times when she was seeing her mother, like, like uh, the set, when she was at the set. Oh, yeah. And yeah. And people were like, oh, who is that? Who is that? Well, who do you think? <laughs> who could it have been, you know? But I honestly don't think that it was Roman. I don't think that it was him at all. I think it was genuinely her PTSD being in a house that mm-hmm. looked exactly... Like her house, yeah. In real, yeah. Uh, like in real life. Quote.
1: <sighs> yeah, that... I don't think
2: that it was Roman fucking with her. I think it was
1: her PTSD because that bitch has been through a lot. Cause that was um, that was a very intense moment in the third movie. That was probably the only part that like kind of kept my interest, honestly.
2: And Loki scared the fuck out of me. The okay, third one. Yeah. The third one actually did creep me out. Yeah. Just because. No disrespect to the to uh, Maureen Prescott, the actress that plays her, but Lord have mercy, they did good at making her look creepy as hell. <laughs> because when she would, when she was in the window, that was. I will never forget the first time I saw that. My heart was in my ass and almost just <laughs> flew out because I swear to you, I was terrified. I was I I was like, who the fuck? Ew! <laughs> why are you sick? Sta-
1: no! No.
2: <laughs> Stop doing that. Stop doing that.
1: that. That was a very intense moment. Yeah, definitely. All right, so I think we can just uh, go into Scream 5. Actually, can, or... I, can I
2: say something? I yeah. want to go back to the Drew Barrymore thing. Oh, yeah.
1: I want to talk about who killed her.
2: Oh, boy. I Here do, do want to mention this because I am the only one in this world that <laughs> believes that it was Billy. I do not think that it was Stu. Oh man! Okay, why? I do not think it was Stu. So let's just let's just talk about this real quick. So <laughs> I know that you guys were talking about in your in your first episode that it was Stu. He had the motive. He was like an ex of uh, Casey? Casey. Casey. Yeah. Casey, right? Of Casey. I'm gonna I'm just gonna call her Drew. I don't give a fuck. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then that he that he was an ex of Drew, mm-hmm. right? And that was his motive. So Billy was on the phone and Stu was. I'm Did sorry, hear I, heard that, a, I, I heard a, heard a noise still. over there, and I was like, "Um." Oh. Yeah. that's why I didn't look behind me. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, so Drew,
1: <laughs> so Drew, where's her fucking crystal <laughs> yeah. noise? I should have brought
2: the fucking sage, I knew it. <sighs> so, yes, yeah, so you guys are talking about that and saying that so. Stu was the one that killed. But when I rewatched the movie, Jenny, I don't know if Yasmin told you this. So I had rewatched the movie. I always watch the movie. You know, I told you guys already. I'm a crazy person when it comes to horror movies. So I was rewatching it and I was actually listening to the lines of each character, Okay. right? Especially in the fountain scene. Okay. Like a crazy person. Like a, like a fucking psycho. <laughs> so, so I was listening to the lines because guys, I took media studies in high school. Okay. So when now when I watch movies, I'm looking at the lighting I'm looking at the mm-hmm. different like the different facial expressions of each one or the ah. props that they're using yeah to, know, way, to or to side note
0: that's how I think you're the one who mentioned that the
2: reporter in that uh, Mrs.
0: Loomis she's always in the background she's always like, there. I never noticed that
2: she's o- like she's always there you know you'll see her lurking you'll see lurking. her she's always in and then in all of the a picture, sudden she but... comes up front but you never notice that she's in the back yeah yeah so you just yeah. kind of notice when she starts walking. You know what I mean? So I'm always looking at at stuff like that. So when I was listening to the lines, you know, the whole reason that topic got brought up was because Randy was telling Stu, like, what were you doing? You could have killed it. What were you doing? And then that's when uh, Tatum was like, Stu was with me last night, you know, (laughs) but then once Randy kept going and and Stu was trying to be like, I didn't do it. And then that's when Billy goes, nobody said you did
1: right? Mm-hmm.
2: Randy did. That's the whole reason the conversation got brought up. Randy was the one that brought up saying that Stu was the killer. So to me, could that could debunk what you guys were saying, saying that, you know, Billy was saying that basically saying, shut up, nobody's fucking yeah. blaming you. But Randy is. Mm-hmm. Randy is saying that. So the whole thing when it came to that scene, I always thought Billy was saying... Nobody said you did because you didn't. I did.
0: Mm. And that and that, that, that fits in with Billy's personality.
2: Mm-hmm. How like like no, you're not gonna take fucking credit for mm-hmm. my vengeance. So that's why my I'm revenge. thinking it was Billy that actually did it because mm-hmm. they knew that Stu was an ex. Stu wanted her dead but didn't want to be the one to kill it mm-hmm. because then that would that would put Stu in the spotlight of being a, a, yeah. a prime suspect.
1: That's true, it'd be too
2: easy. So instead of doing that, Billy was the one that did it because Billy didn't have a reason to other than, oh, his best friend might have been heartbroken, you know? Yeah. So I think that it was Billy because if it wasn't and it was Stu and it is what you guys are saying, that it was Billy saying, shut up,
1: mm-hmm. then
2: it the whole scene is like basically sabotage because Randy was the one that was blaming Stu.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so you see what I'm saying? <laughs> when I, when I see I, what you're saying, yeah. When I first like figured that out, I freaked out. I freaked out because I was like, wait a minute. Wait a fucking minute. Yeah. Because I start, I just agreed with you guys. I was like, you know, I could be, I, I was wrong. I was fucking wrong. But then I heard that and I was like, no. Then, then, then the whole scene is sabotaged. Then it doesn't make sense anymore because Randy spent that whole fucking ten minutes saying, oh, yeah, it could have been you because she dumped you for Steve. <laughs> you know? That's true. So I think it was Billy and Billy being like, Nobody said you did, uh, I'm the one that fucking did it. You were just on the phone. Or it even could have been that Stu wasn't actually there. Yeah, it could yeah. have been that, that Stu was actually with Tatum that night, and Billy was the one that did the killing. He was on the phone, and he was doing the, oh,
1: the work for it, too. Okay. Because you
2: don't see, you never see, like, oh, a phone, or, you know, they, they don't show when they're talking. So yeah. it, it could be that each kill, what, there wasn't both of them. Mm-hmm. It could be like just one
1: person until the party, and I'm also thinking now that Stu probably could have been in the same position as Jill in the first kill for the fourth movie because remember in when um the character Jenny Randall was on the phone and the killer on the phone said, "Oh, you're the dumb blonde with the big tits. We're gonna have some fun with you, and then after that, you know her friend Marnie gets thrown through the window. I mean, I I think I said in the last episode that it was safe to assume that Charlie was the one who did the killing while Jill was the one on the phone kind of like, you know, talking trash. Yeah. Maybe Stu could have been in that position too mm-hmm. where he was on the phone just verbally letting out his rage from, you know, being broken up with. And, yeah. And then Bill or Billy was doing the uh, dirty work.
2: Because, I mean, that makes sense too because who knows how Stu felt about Casey, you right. know, who, kn- who knows, he probably just wanted to break her heart like he broke hers, so he's on the phone flirting with her, and now he's gonna fuck
1: with her. Um.
2: yeah, you know, it could have been like that too, but mm. I personally believe that it was Billy that did the first kill, especially him being the one that's most angry because he has mommy issues, like Jenny was saying, yeah. he's mm. the most angry because Marine Prescott, oh no, you know, she fucked the dad and the mom left. Yeah. You know, so he's pissed off about that, so he killed the mother, he killed Sydney's mother, mm-hmm. and now he's bringing it back, and he wanted to be the one, because he's prideful. He seems like he's a Leo. <laughs> Leo? He seems, no no disrespect to Leos, but very prideful, especially the men. Very yeah. prideful, egos through the roof, super arrogant, and it just seems like he's the one that would want to be the first kill.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree that he's a Leo. <laughs> <laughs> now another thing I haven't thought about is that okay so he you know dated Casey for 2 seconds and then dumped her for Tatum "quote unquote" Now when Tatum had died like clearly he wasn't as heartbroken as he was trying to play himself out to be yeah. So I'm wondering with you know those Past two girlfriends that he had, if he had any feelings for them at all, given his psychosis,
2: he was he was a psychopath.
1: So like, I mean, was he capable of having any feelings for either of those women? That being said, was he ever actually heartbroken? And so then that would give Stu less motive to actually kill Casey, and then Bill would be like, "Well, I'll kill her." Okay, yeah, go ahead, I don't care. Instead of like. Right? Instead of, you know, Billy being like, I know you're heartbroken, but let me do the work. It's probably just, Stu just didn't care. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm thinking is probably the case then. I think Stu cares. I think the thing with Stu,
2: and you know, Jenny, you can help me with this, is that he does say it at the end. Like when, you know, Sid was on the phone, he's like, what's your motive? And he's like, pupper. I'm far too sensitive. I think genuinely that was a right statement. Like he is sensitive. He did seem like he could be very manipulative like he's easily manipulated. He mm-hmm.
0: and, and he had guilt at the end too. It wasn't guilt that he killed people, it was guilt like my dad's gonna find out, right? It was yeah. Like, he he was was like, my so like he had that. yeah, he had emotions. It just wasn't about the right thing.
2: Yeah. Ah. And then it's like he was it was so easy for him to turn it on and off. He was it was mm. like vampire diaries. He was so easy <laughs> to turn off his emotions because he was so upset. But once Sydney was he he was able to see Sydney. It's like he turned back into this psycho and fucking went right after her and then you that's know that's true. That I always had a thing for you, Sid. Ugh. And then she dropped the TV on him. God. That was just gross. <laughs> and she was like, as if
1: <laughs> Man. So that, that is debunked. All right then. I, I'm gonna have to agree with you then. I think
2: he was he's just easily manipulated. And yeah. it was just he wanted to run with the big boys and Billy Billy has this very, um, alpha male type of persona. Yes. So... Fucking Capricorn Rising. I'm just uh kidding. (laughs) Oh my
0: god, I gotta study Maybe we should find his birth chart. I'm pretty sure someone somewhere... I can look it up right now. Oh my god. I can
2: look it up right now. Because all TV shows have, like, their zodiac signs and everything. That's insane. But yeah, so I think that Stu was just very easily manipulated. And Mm -hmm, he just mm -hmm. was like, I want to run with the big boys. I want to be an alpha male type, too. And it was just so easy for Billy to be like, okay, well. Same with Charlie.
0: That that idea that like I can be more than what I am if I follow
1: a strong person. Uh, Yeah, and and Jill took advantage of that.
2: Mm -hmm. So in reality, Jill was Billy Lumen. See, yeah, that's what I was saying. The uh, last episode.
0: Oh, I don't know if Wait, you saw that. The the parallels of the, even the clothing. Did I tell you that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Jill was wearing the same or a similar outfit to Billy. And Charlie was wearing a, like a cream shirt compared to like Stu's cream sweater. Like a cream colored mm-hmm. sweater. Really? Yeah, it, yeah. it happened What in the kitchen. They pulled Trevor out of the closet just like they pulled the dad out of the closet. Mm-hmm. The whole ass parallel from that kill scene to mm-hmm. the first one. It's like way too. <laughs> what?
2: No, I don't believe that. He's, he's not a, a He's a Taurus. But I could could see that, too, because Taurus, they're very stubborn. He couldn't let it go. (laughs) Stuck in his ways. It's his way or the highway. And clearly, that's what happened.
1: Oh, yeah. Clearly,
2: that's what happened. Randy is (sighs) such a Gemini. That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Oh, my God. Shit. Stu is a fucking Libra. Say what? (laughs) Jenny's thinking. I don't know how I feel about that. Tatum is a
1: Sagittarius. Oh, oh wow. How do they Sid is a Pisces. Right? Do they have their... Sid is a Pisces? Mm-hmm. Do they have their dates of birth on there? Sid should have definitely been a Sagittarius. I'm going to put that out there right now. Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> I'm a Sagittarius. I actually agree with that. I Sid should have been a Sagittarius. <laughs> Fucking disrespecting. Anyway. Um, I forgot what I was talking about before I did that.
0: We were talking... What were we talking about? Oh shit. Oh my god. <laughs> we were talking about who killed Drew. Oh, oh, yeah, so yeah. I think it was Billy. That was, yeah. like, an hour
1: ago we were
2: talking about <laughs> that.
0: For real. Listen, no. we, we talked about the Lion King in this podcast already.
2: There <laughs> we go, we're back on track. Yeah, so I think it was definitely Billy that killed mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore.
1: Yeah. It, it, it would make more sense now that I think about mm-hmm. it. Anybody it was- can
2: disagree with me. I don't care unless you have evidence to... <laughs> Tell me that I'm wrong. I'm going to believe that it is Billy. <laughs>
1: oh man. Oh yeah. Find West Craven's diary. <laughs> <laughs> we They're were also um, fucking med- rise him from the dead. Yeah right. Oh yeah. We were mentioning also the the parallels that you said. Um, oh yeah. From uh Jill oh, and the parallels. Charlie. parallels. Compared to Billy, Billy and Stu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and that was a good thing to point out because I never realized that. But she like I think she took all the stuff from before.
0: Jill. I think Jill took all the stuff from before and, like, thought it through to the end about,
1: I gotta cover all my fucking bases. That's true. You know, another thing, I I don't know if we covered it in the last episode, but I didn't think about it, but Jill, where was her dad at? Like, same with Billy Loomis, like, his dad was, he, okay, his, his dad was, like, physically there, but, like, not mentally.
2: He was never seen, I don't think, right?
1: He, he was only in the scene with the um, police department yes. when Billy was being questioned in the first movie. but um,
2: I think they mentioned something about
1: Jill's father. Did they? I, I swear they do. I only remember her mom mentioning, oh, well, Sydney's mom was my sister. I have scars, too. And... Yeah, like, bitch, shut up. <laughs> You're alive. <laughs> For real. Your sister's <laughs> fucking
2: dead, and your niece has been... A fucking victim her whole life. So please mm. shut up
1: with your scars. Oh. Right? She, like, or... she meant physical scars, Mom. Oh. Fine. Okay, <laughs> like, oh. Excuse me that you're and so scarred.
2: if you want to put that, if you want to think about that, Jill is the same way as her mom. Her mom wanted to make it about herself. Ah. And Jill, growing up with that, growing up, probably hearing her mom... Being like, yeah, this was such a thing for my family. It's really scarred me and messed me up. Like, bitch, you're alive. You're not a target. (laughs) You've never been a target. So why are you complaining? (laughs) Be sad. Grieve that your family is dead. Do not make it about yourself. Oh,
1: no, there's paparazzi in my bush again. What am I going to do? Probably
2: fucking strike a pose. (laughs) Because she wants to be the center of attention. And so does Jill. (laughs) And so does Jill. That's true. According to the Scream
0: fandom wiki... <laughs> there we go. <laughs> the backstory of Joe Roberts, even on the relatives listed, it doesn't list her dad. Ah. So, backstory says that Joe Roberts, daughter of Kate Roberts, an unnamed, unseen father who had most likely divorced her mother prior to the events of Scream 4.
1: Oh, so then, in a way, it still kind of correlates with Billy because Billy mentioned that, oh, you know, my mom left. I knew she wasn't coming back. So did her so.
2: dad. And it being, since she's... a uh, since she um, resembles Billy, they just kind of did the opposite. Yes. Yeah. Since Billy is a man, so his mom left. Well, Jill's a girl, so her dad left. So instead of mommy issues, she got daddy issues. Nah, she still got mommy issues. Aye. She got both. She didn't get enough love from her mom. Because that her mom was true. so fucking concerned yeah. about what she looks like on the news because her sister died.
1: Like, yeah. bitch, be concerned that your fucking sister died. Sydney this and Sydney that. And Sydney, Sydney. 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 <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I can see it from Jill's point of view how that can be annoying, mm-hmm. and just just want to get away from it all, just get rid of it. But but
2: I would never kill. I'd fucking move. That's what I'd do.
1: Right, get it's out of Woodbury.
2: Yeah, it's because I'm a Sagittarius. <laughs> <laughs> but there uh, you go. Yeah. But mommy issues is not
0: not just a thing in Scream. I feel like you see mommy issues throughout horror films in general. Jason and even Jason yeah, Horace. and even in real yes. life, like. I know you listen to True Crime now. Uh-huh. I love True Crime. Me too. always love. True
2: Crime. And, and true crime. a lot of
0: the time they mention their relationship with their mother because, like, your mother is supposed to be the one that, like, protects you from, from you know, baby to
2: adolescence at least. And
1: build mm-hmm. on that, let's
2: think about the Menendez brothers.
1: Oh, that is true.
2: Since you want to go on the True Crime <laughs> path. Do you know the Menendez brothers, the case? I, I don't remember shit. Okay, so the <laughs> Menendez brothers, their brothers. They killed their parents because they claim that the father was sexually abusing them, oh, and the mom
1: knew and didn't do oh. anything to stop it. Yeah, I remember. Oh my God.
2: So when you think about that, they, they're like looking for their mom for protection, and the mom was basically saying, fuck off. Yeah. Mm. And we can go down, we can go, really go down any path other than Ted Bundy, because Ted Bundy even actually says that he had a great life and, and had a very loving family. We could also yeah. go Richard Ramirez. His family life was fucked. Oh god.
0: Yeah, but I think that could also be like the nature versus nurture thing with Ted Bundy, like how, like it could be either your mommy issues, but in his case, it was already in him. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, so it's a parallel. I feel like that's been like drawn out through a lot of horror movies too, like mm-hmm. a lot of fiction because it happens in, in nonfiction in, in real, real life.
2: life.
1: Yeah. And
2: it's the the thing with the the thing with horror movies. They try to make it as real as possible without making it too real they because if you make it too real it could be boring yeah yeah you know and that's the entertainment aspect of it i mean obviously in real life it matters i'm not saying that like you know like it's boring i mean it's really good i wouldn't like listen to true crime if it wasn't yeah but in movies you need that that um like remember when we were in school and you needed to write an essay and it was an attention grabber oh Oh, yeah. yeah that's what they need in every movie but constantly. Because how yeah. quick, especially for someone like me that's easily entertained but easily bored at the same time. How yeah. oh, I can go on my phone and fucking miss the whole movie. Yeah. You know, but movie, like Scream, I don't do that. Because yeah. Scream has that guess who yeah thing yeah. to it too. And I love
1: that. So then after all of those four Scream movies, Scream 5, or Scream as it is titled, has actually finished filming apparently a few months back. So, what on earth can we expect from this based off of at least the last movie, if anything? Because I think right away, since they're not titling it Scream 5, which I can see it as a bit of an overkill, unfortunately, though, I can see it as maybe Sidney Prescott no longer being the main character in the movie. Although the original trilogy of, you know, Sidney, Dewey, and Gale, that they're going to be in the movie... It probably might not be for the entire thing.
2: And I hate that.
1: Yeah. I hate that.
2: I do too. I've always hated movies that bring in... The, the, the best thing that I can think of is Round on Elm Street 3. Yes. The third one. They bring back Nancy, the main character from the first movie, but it's a whole different cast. Mm-hmm. The thing with Scream is when you start 1, 2, and 3 being the same cast throughout the whole thing and then come back years, 10 years... years later a decade later and still bring in the same cast mm-hmm. why would you try to change it now unless yeah. you're doing a remake yeah yeah that's true why would you change it so i think that i'm not i mean it, it's done filming so it's not like i can give them pointers but like <laughs> right. what i think the movie is going to be because i'm praying that it's not that mm-hmm. is that sydney's the killer
1: yeah i mean i'd rather have that than it than she end up like you know like nancy or like Jamie Lee Curtis in uh, uh, the Michael Myers movies, where mm-hmm. she gets killed off. Oh, I was gonna, I was just gonna ask, which timeline are you talking about? Yeah, the <laughs> one where she got killed off. Yeah, because um, if if Cindy gets killed off, that's gonna kill this franchise. Like, and that's real. the moment that I toss the popcorn and I fucking leave. <laughs> no,
2: I'm being so serious because I remember, like, now that you brought that up, I remember Halloween Resurrection, first like ten minutes, Jamie Lee Curtis dies. And I was like, okay, well, what the fuck is going to go on through the rest of the movie? And the rest mm. of the movie sucked. Like, the, the movie was terrible.
1: I walked out after she got stabbed. Yeah. I like, mean, I
2: remember I, I put it on and we watched it together. And then I, next thing I know, I, I was alone. <laughs> Yasmin went to her room. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was in my parents' room. Yasmin went, yes, went to her room. I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. this is, it was terrible. So it, I'm mm-hmm. hoping that they don't do that. They have to be really careful because they've mm-hmm. built us up for...
0: Since we were freaking, how old were we? I wasn't oh, even born. You yet. weren't even born no, yet. I wasn't like even they've even born been yet building the this up out. with the same cast, the same characters. We we know we're fucking studying it. We're mm-hmm. making a podcast about it. Like we know so much about it that they have to be really careful about the fan base. And if they want to keep them, they have to think about how they're going to use the old characters to continue having the old fan base interested in this yeah, new one.
2: Especially because it's since it is such like the first one came out in '96. Yeah. Right. So this is. A millennial franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the millennials, if they are crazy about Scream, are going to be freaking out. Like mm-hmm. no, I'm not a millennial. I'm. <laughs> the, I was, I was a year before the third movie. I was born in 99. So yeah. I mean, I, I love them because of you. One so, of us. Yeah. One so I, us. when it comes to this, I am a, I am a millennial. <laughs> so I do. I think that you're right. They need to be fucking careful. They can't fuck it up because y'all millennials are y'all get a little <laughs> a little touchy sometimes with about things. everything. Yeah, like Disney like, millennials, like... millennials,
1: Harry Potter millennial. Yeah. You can't fuck with any
2: of those y'all things. They know. will come at you. Because
1: we like this franchise, stay true to the mm-hmm. original. And if none of, if no one, no one is gonna stay true to the original that we had grown up with, that we have always known, we're gonna be severely upset. Yeah, and I really, I don't think <laughs> that they will. I don't think that they will because of the last line in Scream 4. Oh, don't fuck,
2: fuck with that. the original. <sighs> you really think that they're going to actually come back and fuck with the original? I think that they will be really stupid mm. and people are going to call them out on their shit and box office stuff is going to go down. <sighs> what
0: if they do try to cater to the new generation? Uh, what, what if they're
2: like, fuck all these millennials.
0: We're going to try to take that as a base and make a whole ass new you know, movie franchise. Like kind of what they did with Halloween? Yes, that's when I've, I've never ever seen, seen any you. of the Halloween movies. So. She has. I notes. didn't start. I didn't start watching horror movies until I met her in <laughs> wait, college.
2: Wait, we got some work. The to only do. <laughs> horror movie I had seen
0: before, if you even call it a horror movie, was Child's Play.
2: Oh yeah, my heart just kind of shattered. No, I, I'm sorry. At Halloween. I'm a crackhead when it comes to the Halloween timelines. So, when, and any, and that's not the first time she's told me that she hasn't seen Halloween. So every time oh. I hear it, my I like feel a piece falling off. No, because I I just love the different timelines. Yeah. But, um, okay, let me see. But yeah, so kind of like what they did, how they just they might say fuck all of the movies and start something new. but I still do not
1: think that that is smart. I don't think so either. And it, it, it just sucks, especially because most of the times, beyond Sydney Prescott's uh, story throughout all the films, they focused on, oh, you know, the bad guy, trying to remake some sort of movie, no matter how that was. Yeah. In the end, it was always about trying to remake a movie, and I think this time, they're going beyond, you know, the characters and saying, this is the remake, what, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. You know, what, what is Sydney going to do about it? How, how are they going to overcome this time? You know what I mean. That's the new director, Matt Bettinelli-Olpin. Open. Mm. Is, is he? He has directing. done... Oh, Ready or Not was a good movie.
2: Oh, okay. Ready or Not, Devil's Do, Southbound. After that, I don't think anything else
1: is good. I think he got lucky with Ready or Not. So, <laughs> and he did... This showed Scream, the, the series, I'm guessing?
2: No, 2022. No, that's the new movie. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, I misread. Okay, but Lucky the Scream with? series was pretty decent until the last one. That was
1: the third... I'm um, not there was a new cast. Oh, okay, because I, 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 I didn't watch until you know after I only saw the first two seasons.
2: Yeah, the, the last season is a, is a completely different cast and yeah. I couldn't even I couldn't watch it. Nah. When it's a different cast, they just get turned off so easily. and I'm like, because it's like you build relationships with these characters. You do. And to completely change it up, some people may like it, but most people are gonna be like, come on, man. Mm-mm. You know, I mean, I know there's probably not much more they can do,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: but that's why I'm thinking Sydney could be the killer. I mean, PTSD is a thing. And since they make, they do such uh such a good job with like realism mm-hmm. in, in these movies that they could make it seem like, okay, she developed multiple personality disorder and she, well, part of her is a killer and she doesn't really know because it's a different, it's, it's something, it's, someone different you know what i mean so i feel like it could be something having to do with that and plus she was isolated Mm -hmm. what happened in the shining they never really they never really say if she still lived in that house from the third movie because at the end of the third movie she still lives there it was just what they 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 just made a very symbolic ending which was her leaving everything open Mm -hmm. and letting out that fear yeah, you know, so they never really say if she actually lives there uh, still in the fourth movie because she's doing this book tour. Oh but yeah, she could still be isolated That's and true still living there. And
1: isolation can really fuck up somebody's mm-hmm. mind. Yeah, and she could probably feel like, at this point, after all these years, that she felt, like, like she's somehow identifying with Ghostface now because well, she could
2: have been just tired of being scared. Yeah. I, at one
1: point, when you start off, like, what was she? Was she
2: a senior in high school? Was she a junior? She was young. She was still in high school. She was. She was still in high school. So I want to say she was between 16 and 18 years old. When you're doing that and then going to college and... Oh, she, yeah, she had to have been. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, she had to be, like, a senior. Then she goes yeah. to college and she still deals with it. Doesn't... We don't think she finished college. No. Then she's a grown adult working as, you know, one of those hotline people, Mm -hmm. helping others, and she's still going through it. So she's, this whole thing started when she was so young and to have to continuously be scared for your life. Yeah, she can't escape. At one point, you're going to get tired. And some people will go down the path of, unfortunately, ending themselves. But Mm. what if she instead goes down the path of ending her fear by becoming what she was
1: afraid of. I mean, I think that would be more interesting than just killing her off because that would be very upsetting because they already attempted to kill her off in the fourth movie because she was already at that point so tired of being scared. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when she got that first call in the fourth movie from Ghostface for the first time, you know, she's like, "What?" Yeah, she what, was "What do you want?" over it. Yeah, yeah. She,
2: and that's the thing, like, you don't, with Sydney Prescott, you don't really see her fear. No. She's so good at hiding it. Yeah. But it's the things that she does that you can tell that she's scared. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because when her adrenaline kicks in, it's fucking game. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. fucking game for all of them. But why else would she isolate herself? She's not just protecting the ones that she loves. She's trying to protect herself because she's scared. Man. And it's, it's just those little things that she does, and even when she's being attacked... And mm. by the fourth movie, she was, she, yes, she was very tired of it, which is why she kept saying, like, what do you want? Just come for me. Yeah.
1: Just come for me already. This isn't a movie.
2: You know? And she yeah. kept saying stuff, and, like, in her brain, she was like, I've killed four, four or five of you motherfuckers already. <laughs>
1: Bring it on. So, come
2: on. <laughs> you know? I'll kill you, too. And what mm. if that gets in her
1: head? Yeah. I've killed all these killers. I could be one of them, too. To, to kill whoever could be ghostface this time right or i think she's
2: just going to kill
1: yeah
0: i think th- yeah i i feel like i mentioned in a note a while back that like uh, the theme of the first couple ones is like you have you know the quote you have nothing to fear but fear itself
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
0: like when we get to the second movie and she's like suspecting her own boyfriend she's scared of everyone like she doesn't want to trust anybody Mm-hmm. And I feel like as it goes along, like she just kind of says, you know what, fuck this. Like, I'm not scared anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, yeah. this is just my new normal. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that could be what fucks her up is not, is like kind of pushing the fear to the back of her mind to the point where she no longer has empathy.
2: Yeah. Or it could also be she's so used to that fear. She's so used to having that adrenaline rush of being scared for her life that when she finally doesn't have to deal with it anymore... Okay, her cousin, gone, you know, done, brother, done, boyfriend, done, yeah. boyfriend's mother, done, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so she's, so, she, <laughs> then, so she finally gets to live this normal life, but doesn't know what to do with it. So she creates her own fear. And instead of being scared of somebody, she's scared of herself because she's so used to that fear and it's her comfort zone. Mm -hmm. That she sticks to it, but now she's like, okay, I went through this, fuck everybody in the world, I'm Mm going to do this to you guys now, since I had to go through it. Yeah. You know, she could turn into a completely psychotic bitch, and sorry, but rightfully so, that girl's been through hell and back, I'm sorry, if she doesn't turn crazy, then she really is superhuman, because... (laughs) I would drive my, I would go insane. Yeah. Yeah. I would go insane, constantly looking over my shoulder. Same. Not trusting my loved ones because they could be wanting to come after me. And Sydney's another one where it's pretty much for no reason. Mm-hmm. Pretty much for no reason. Because her mom, her mom was sleeping around.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm sorry, what the, like that has nothing to do with Sid.
1: Yeah, that's... Why punish her? <laughs> yeah,
2: it nothing to do with Sid. So she constantly is thinking in her head, because I know I would, why me?
1: Yeah. Why
2: me? That's true. It's not my fault yeah, my mom's surprised. a whore. You know what I mean? Like, it's... <laughs> like it's I you mean, That's true. With all the shit that
0: she's gone through. I'm surprised she's not in, like, a fucking padded cell somewhere.
2: Exactly, in a straitjacket mm-hmm. hitting herself, trying to run through the wall, you know? Yeah. So like, so I think that she turns into
1: a psychopath. Mm. Now, with that in mind, I I couldn't help but mention this little tidbit because the filming has happened during this COVID-19 pandemic. Now, do you think that could come into play with the plot of this film? With, you know, her being all crazy and, you know, seeing herself as like killing and being self-contained. Yeah. You know? do you think there could be something growing out of that
2: i want to say
1: no yeah
2: and here's why let's think of the quarantine aspect Mm. she already has been doing that that's true she's already been doing her quarantine because she wants to stay away from everybody she Mm. already did the isolation because of the quarantine you Mm. know what i mean so i think that it was already played and i feel like if they add that pandemic thing it might destroy the film more than benefit it too many too many bases to cover with that and i feel mm-hmm. like the screen movies
0: they're it's all internalized it's issues like everything is just like this is my own issue like i need to get revenge for my mom or i need mm-hmm. to you know be mm-hmm. the center of attention i i i so like to bring in a pandemic to it that's about everybody
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so that'd be way too many bases to cover. The movie would be longer than the Titanic. <laughs> the Titanic. We, don't, we don't need that. We really do not need that in our life. That's true. <laughs> yeah.
1: So then, what about the technology aspect of it? Because again, this is another 10 years from the last movie. So obviously, there have been more, uh, I guess, upgrades. There's the iPhone 15. iPhone 15. There that is what they were going to be using. <laughs> Or the pair The pair <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that'd be great. Or, you know, have Ghostface on TikTok flossing or there something. You, go. you know? There you go. I mean, who knows what he's going to do next using that
2: technology? Like, he what definitely if... has it a lot easier. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot easier in the sense of the technology, but a lot harder because not only technology with everybody's daily life is going up, but the technology in the law enforcement is also going up. So True. I think what in technology instead of it being cell phones or zoom calls or you know what I mean I think it might be the technology of the law enforcement so we might see Ghostface do a bunch of different things to make sure that he doesn't have hair follicles, or eyelashes, yeah. or skin particles,
1: Yeah, you know.
2: I
0: have a follow-up on that then, which mm-hmm. we didn't really mention. And You've mentioned before when we talk about the Scream 5 movie is Dewey being the possible killer. Uh-huh. And he is in law enforcement. And you bring up technology, you know, moving forward in law enforcement. Mm. And he would have all the ins and outs
1: of that because he mm-hmm. is a cop. That's true. A sheriff. And I'll say it again. He could be a possible suspect. I'll probably be wrong again for the fifth Mm -hmm. time in a row, but I will (coughs) still stand by it.
2: But remember way back when the fourth one came out and there was like a teaser thinking that the fifth one was going to come out? Yes. And they said Kirby. Yeah. And me and you talked about it and you were like, Kirby died. And I was like, but she
1: didn't. Mm -mm. No, they they didn't wait to the end of the scene to show her just stop moving and just bleed out.
2: Now correct me if I'm wrong. Did we ever see Stu stop moving after the TV fell on him?
1: He did stop. Did he? Because I
2: heard Stu might make a comeback. I heard that.
1: I did. I heard that too. I heard Stu might
2: make a comeback.
1: But then if he does, I mean, that really comes into play with the whole, you know, his his feelings, you know, like his want for revenge. Then, like, well, what if he's in prison? So, what if
2: instead, when they're trying to figure out who this killer is, they go to a main source, one of the fucking killers, and they go to oh. prison. I just don't remember if in any of the movies they actually said that Stu was dead. They always say Billy because Billy was shot in the head. That's true, yeah. Stu was only electrocuted. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean yes, so I mean, is Jill. That is, that is true. But that's a that's a different voltage. Oh, oh that's true. That's yeah, that's yeah. a whole defib to make sure somebody comes back to yeah, life. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah, that,
1: that is different. Mm-hmm. So
2: the, like yes, it was one of those big ass TVs, those dinosaur TVs. It <laughs> was a big TV. so but I I think that they could think of something, you know, talk to um, you know, one of those one of those people, the the Morig people? Oh, uh, mortician? No, no, the the autopsy people. The autopsy people. Oh, yes, I forget their names. We sound like fucking idiots. But the people (laughs) that do the autopsies, right? They probably can talk to someone and be like, "Hey, can somebody survive this?" (laughs) Coroner. Oh shit! What is the word?
1: the, the 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 people that the, the the detectives in Law and Order talk to about like a yeah, dead body. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. The autopsy people that then they, they oh. do the autopsies <laughs> on the dead body so that you can tell how they die. I know the name. I, I know the
1: name. We, but we know the name. But we can't. <laughs> we can't think about
2: it. But <laughs> yeah, so I think. It just says a medical examiner, a pathologist, an ME, an ME. Yeah, so a medical examiner. Yes. yes. Idiot. I'm oh so my stupid. God. Same. Um, so <laughs> they can talk to a medical examiner and be like, "Can somebody survive this?" And if they can, why not bring him back and have him have, like, a, a scar on his face? You know, whether it was from the glass of the screen or the, yeah. elect, the electricity. I mean, people have survived lightning. Oh, yeah. Lightning strikes? So why couldn't he survive that? So I think that they should bring Stu back because I think they killed him off too soon. Honestly. I think that they could have had... A genius
1: storyline if they le- if they kept Stu alive. And, you know, that brings up a good point because most of the victims that we had seen throughout the screen movies had to either be stabbed multiple times, squished in some place, fallen from a distance, or shot in the head. Yeah, I mean, okay,
2: so let's think about that. Billy was shot in the head. Yes. Mrs. Loomis was shot in the head.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mickey was just shot a thousand times. He was, yeah. And, but he didn't have a... Fucking Swiss cheese. He, have... <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have um. A... A vest. No, he did not. He did not have a vest. Roman shot, and then also shot in the head. Mm-hmm. He was stabbed, too, but, And like... he was stabbed, but... of. Yeah. So, I mean, all of these killers, other than Stu... Yeah. ...actually were dead by something that you can't come back from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stu could come back from that. It's a possibility. Maybe there's brain damage. Maybe there's something. Who knows? They could think of something, but if they really want to go down that that root and have that creative thing. I mean, I think it would uh, The best thing I can think of... You guys remember Fast and Furious? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Han got blew... Like, he blew up oh, in the Oh, yeah, car. what the fuck? Why That's is he back? The new one? That's true! He's, he's back in the new one. So
1: why couldn't Ugh. Stu come back when you see a TV falling on him? That is definitely true, because I still can't wrap my head around how Han came back. I'm glad that he's back. Mm-hmm. I just can't imagine how, because he was in the car when the car exploded, mm-hmm. but I mean, hey, and he didn't have any burns,
2: so clearly he's, maybe, maybe he wasn't in the car, but, maybe, that's true. If these people can come back in movies, why can't Stu, and why can't he be a vital element to mm. Scream that, 5? That would actually be really good, and I'm sorry, but Matthew Matthew Lillard, Lillard? I, Matthew Lillard? Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard. He is amazing. Oh, he's I great. Love I love him and I think he would be perfect. I think to bring him back would be such a perfect thing. And it's not like
1: an overstretch, yeah, in my opinion. And I think maybe this is an overstretch, but maybe it could better save the franchise, maybe? Because if to bring an old bad guy back in, into the Scream franchise, that's big. I think I would cry. Like, <laughs> I honestly think I would shed a tear, cry, like crying,
2: if I see Stu come back. Because it could <sighs> be that Dewey never told Sidney that Stu was alive. Yeah. They could have kept that from the press and, and kept him dead. That's true. And then that way Sid didn't have to be scared. Maybe yeah. that was Dewey trying to save
1: Sid. Yeah, I can see that he cares. I mean, he showed up to her college. Yeah, he kept her from the information about you know her mother's past in the mm-hmm. third movie. So there's that too. So I mean, it it fits. I think
2: that they could. I think that they could do something really good if this director oh, put in the work. I think this movie can be really good, but they can't go down the normal. You know. Not remake, but the normal path that when you bring a movie back after right. so many years, that you're just gonna kill off all the old people and not old people, like the old, <laughs> the old, the previous, the previous people, <laughs> and bring and bring in new characters. I'm sorry, but I don't think that anybody can top Sydney <sighs> Prescott. I don't no. think not, not uh-uh. even uh, something cool. Hayden Panettiere. Hayden. Oh, uh yeah, Hayden here yeah. Not even her. She's amazing, but not oh. even her. No. Not at all. And she might not even be back in the movie. I... But I'm just saying that because of the 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 first teaser when I was like when did the Scream 4 come out? Oh, 2011. So when I was like 12 when the teaser came out. Yeah, that was that was a bit of a stretch too. You know, and I, I was like that could be something cuz she was a she was a crazy person for serial killers. So if she is in it, what if she helps Oh, okay. Sydney. Oh, that's another riff. Oh, God. <laughs> what you got Hello. Jane? What I've, been, what you got?
0: I've been just Google searching the ends of the earth for Stu. <laughs> oh, my God. And apparently, they spotted him and screamed too in the background of one of the scenes. Oh, yeah. Apparently, he was visiting the set or something. Yeah, he's like, he's blonde in the background of it. He was just saying, I'm Hide showing people. her a picture for people who can't see. <laughs>
2: you know what that looks like? Have you ever seen Austin and Ally? Yeah. Oh, my God. He looks like that, that dude. So. I don't know what
0: source this is from, but apparently, you remember how I told you that there was multiple scripts? Yes. Um, for a lot of the Scream movies, so that people wouldn't be spoiled by the ending, even the actors? Yeah. One of the alternate script had Stu as the killer in Scream 3.
1: Oh, snap. So
0: why not bring him
2: back? So why not? Yeah. I think it'd be so good. I think mm. it'd be really, really good if they brought Stu back. And I was watching one of those panels that, um. that they did, and it was, you know, they were older and like adults it wasn't way back when the movie came out yeah. and stew was there he was yeah. there and he was answering questions and you know people have said like why not bring stew back and he was like you could why not i'd love yeah. to come back i yes. was he was like i was pissed when i was killed off in the first fucking movie <gasps> oh I mean, no. i'd be fucking irritated too because look at how well the movies did yeah the movies did so good and for shaggy to get killed off <laughs> and the like first zoink, spoon, scoop. I'm telling Stop. you,
1: you know, so
2: I feel like they could bring him back.
1: I I think that is the best route honestly. And he's such a good act. I love him. I love him. <sighs> and what what's the new director's name again? I forgot. Uh, seems like a young dude, too. Yeah, and like I I'm sure he he's probably, you know, studied Wes Craven's films and his um what, what do you call it? Like, the way he, he would work with his films, his mannerisms. And I I really hope that he, he fills those shoes.
2: I Yeah. I it, really I'm hope so. I'm hoping that he's not that, like, that dude that's like, I'm going to make it my own and I'm going to do whatever I want with it. Yeah. Like, yes, do what you want. Make it your own. Mm-hmm. Do not disrespect... Yes. The previous yeah. artwork of these movies. Don't fuck with the original, you know. Don't don't do Lord. that. I mean, and I know most most of you listeners that, you know, are watching our chaotic or yes. listening to our, our chaoticness right now are probably like, "Scream isn't that good of a movie." And yeah. you know what? Compared to other horror films, it's not. You know, because especially the slasher films. You know, it's not Michael Myers, the the fucking Alien. It's not Jason Voorhees, the, you know, somehow truck driver, WWE star (laughs) that just can't die. You know, it's not like that. It's normal, crazy people. Yeah. It's normal, crazy people. And I know that a lot of people are like, eh, it's not, that's why it's not good. Yeah. Because of the realism. But these movies, when you actually go deep into it, it goes way past the comedy. Way past people just getting stabbed. There's a, there's a plot you just have to actually want to sit down and watch the movies and go through that plot. Yes. You mm-hmm. know. Cuz it's it's not just the mommy issues. It's what mommy issues cause. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, and it's not just Sydney being a victim. It's what she had to go through through each movie and still come out on top. Mhm. You know, there's a lot and it's and maybe maybe it's just me being a feminist and no. and, and everything, but I love how Sydney doesn't she just she she does it she does that shit and then she goes about her day it's not she doesn't want to be part of the press she doesn't want to be like
1: mm-hmm. in a stab
2: film she doesn't want to do any of that she doesn't Seriously. even want to watch them she wants to live her normal life mm-hmm. and it and be a badass at night you know <laughs> be a badass at <laughs> night no like normal it. human by day and a badass at night Yeah. So these movies are so much deeper than Michael Myers trying to kill Jamie Lee Curtis, and not even because that's his his sister, because they took that storyline away. Yeah, But supposedly. So I think that this movie, Scream 5, could be something good if they do it right. Yeah. And it makes me so scared. Honestly, I hope that it comes out on HBO Max so I don't gotta pay in case it's... <laughs> in case it's ass. I Ass. Mean, that's what I'm saying with The Conjuring 3. I'm so happy it's coming out on HBO Max. So I'm
1: so scared it's gonna be dog shit. Oh, no. And we will definitely talk about that movie. With Scream 5, just, you know, try to avoid, you know, talking about, you know, what to do next and... In- movie, because at this point we already know what we can do, there's only so much we can do. There can't be anything different, or new rules, or screw the rules, because people have already screwed the rules, people have already tried creating new rules. They've done all that in, in this series. Just just do the movie, stick to the original storyline, and make something great off of that, because mm-hmm. it has potential. And
2: not even if you stick it to the, to the, to the original storyline, because I know that if you stick to the original storyline, You'll just start comparing it to the original. That's true. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's not what the director wants. Mm-mm. Yeah. You know? Make mm-hmm. it your own. Mm-hmm. But make it good without disrespecting the original. Yes. Yeah. I
1: couldn't agree more. Like, like Shrek.
2: And. <laughs> you know she's not wrong. <laughs> like she's <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> like Shrek. Yeah, she's not wrong. Like freaking Shrek. Yes. She's not wrong. Because that Do the Roar kid could have got the works. But he would have got know. the hands if I was Shrek. So... <laughs> I'm going to tell you that right now.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. So hopefully this movie will come out really good and complete the Scream franchise. You uh, know? Yeah, I think after this one, it's done. I don't think that they should do anything <laughs> else with it because if it's good, leave it. And I hope that they didn't make like a sort of 10-year or like five-movie contract or something where no. they're going to try to create more after the fifth one because then it's it's just going to go downhill. Mm-hmm. It's going to turn into garbage. And always happens. It's going to turn it into it. a spy movie, like Pitch
0: Perfect and Fast and Furious. Yeah. yeah. It's,
2: it's it's what... Hopefully Scream doesn't do that. Hopefully Scream doesn't fuck it up to the point where they have to basically pick up try the pieces and fix it, and, yeah. and fix it mm-hmm. by making it worse. Yes. So I think... I'm super excited for this movie. Oh, same. I'm so excited for it. I can't wait for it to come out. I hope that is it is at least a percentage of what I want. <laughs> at least that, because I'm actually very concerned and very worried. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that they, they do it justice and then leave it. Don't touch you know it. Don't, don't talk about it. Don't mention it again in meetings. <laughs> don't give anybody an idea alone. of making another one. Leave it.
1: Yes, I couldn't
0: agree more. I think we'll probably... For sure, actually, bring you back when that movie comes out.
2: Yep.
1: Yes. For that episode.
2: And I will talk all the shit that I need to talk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that'll be great. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we'll just wrap it up here. Uh, Jazzy, thank you so much for yeah, coming here. Of course. There's, I love this. <laughs> I
2: love this. So please, please have me back.
1: Oh, absolutely. Got you on speed dial.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Dead ass though. Can I get for
1: real? <laughs> I'm here all the time. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, so then... Just tune in next week to the next episode. We will uh, finally leave the Scream franchise until the fifth movie comes out and then talk about something new. Are you,
2: are you going to give a, give it away? On, no, I'm going to keep it a surprise. You're going to keep it a surprise? Yeah. You're, you're it a surprise? <laughs> yeah. Even for
1: me when we turn off this? Uh, no, we'll tell you when okay. the podcast we'll is. After the music
0: of the credits.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us for this lengthy episode. Uh, this is Cutting Room Convos. I'm Yasmin. I'm Jenny. I'm (laughs) Jossie. And I'll be right back.
0: Cutting Room Convos was recorded at our home studio. All opinions are our own, and we do not represent any companies mentioned. This episode was about the Scream franchise directed by Wes Craven. Our music is titled Creepy Places at Night by Caffeine Creek Band. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Convos Room and like our page on Facebook. Hope you enjoyed.